What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. Uh, I can't even remember when the last podcast was out. I think it was after, um, just before Christmas or after I got back from Thailand. I got back from Thailand on the 16th or 17th. I believe. I think it was a bit later, actually. Uh, I then just spent a few days kind of getting back into routine. And it, then it was Christmas, of course. And then on Boxing Day, I went to Iceland with the mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-mum-m
but I've got some really, really good, uh, really, really good points. I'm going to go through a few of these that you guys can go for. Um, now, the, the biggest and the easiest way that I saw it was just offsetting your carbon footprint by paying for it. And you can literally just go onto Google, type in offset carbon footprint, and you'll have 20 websites that will help you offset your carbon footprint by either, I think, from what I read, it was either by planting trees or, 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 or developing machinery that will help, you know, help atmosphere i'm not 100 percent sure but i think most of it was done by planting trees and just kind of giving back into the environment um, because actually growing trees um, absorb more carbon than than a grow than a grown tree um so actually the key is to keep planting trees um to kind of help with that carbon balance and you can just type in your estimated what you've done over the year miles things you've bought and, that, and they'll give you an estimate of how much you need to offset now this is obviously the most expensive way to do it and it probably will be quite expensive if I do it like that. So there's a loads of other things I'm going to do. Obviously, plastic bags. Obviously, I'm going to start trying to drive less. I'm going to try and get a, an electric car by the end of 2020. That's 100% one of my goals. Uh, I think the dreams of the Tesla may be up because I'm not sure I'm going to fit into a Tesla Model 3, which will probably be the only one that's affordable. And that's still a bastard, by the way. Um, anyone trying to get a Tesla, the cheapest that I've ever found. And this is through a business with tax efficiencies and tax... Um, tax what they called breaks um whatever they are or incentives was like 470 quid a month and you you know you can get a mortgage in a lot of places for that so yeah okay you, you get you get a car and whatnot but uh, it's hard for me to justify that amount of money um don't get me wrong uh you know whether you can afford that type of money or not like i want to remain where i've come from and i know that's a mortgage and until that i can easily easily cover that um then I'm probably going to look at like a an Audi. They've got the e-trons coming out, and I'm sure they're going to be a little bit cheaper than the Teslas. Uh, I, like I think 2020 is going to be the year of the electric car, um, and 2021 will be followed up with the next year of of the electric car. I think I think there's a lot of uh, companies that are going to get left behind if they don't go the electric way. You know, like it's all. I don't like to talk about it like this, but like being carbon friendly, being mindful of the environment is almost cool. It's almost like trendy for a company to do that these days. So you'll see that the huge companies or the huge up and coming companies are largely sustainable companies and, and, and have sustainability at the forefront of their business plan. And I feel like that is, you know, that's a trend. That is uh, what the hype is at the moment. Um, and, and too fucking right. I'm glad we've got a good trend for once rather than just stupid memes. But I do love a good meme. Um, so a big one of mine, Carbon Footprint. Um, reduce as much as I can and, and if I can be carbon positive that would be fucking awesome and I can make up for some people that aren't um, and I'm never ever going to be like bro I'm better than you I'm carbon neutral that's not something that I want to live by I'm just going to do me uh, and give out the influence and the positivity that I want to receive essentially you might call it spiritual or whatnot but the vibrations you give out uh, I'm a strong believer that they're similar than what you're getting um, I don't know how that works but I feel like it does uh, business uh, I definitely want to have like four to five drops of one of our clothing um, or one of our branded whatever you want to call it stuff that you can use in your everyday life um, and I really want to get technical with some with some designs and get some really good ones instead of just your standard hoodie that I've got but they're really fucking good hoodies by the way the next drop will be live uh, the day after this podcast goes live so jump over to uh, my Instagram it'll be the first link that you see in my bio and you can go cop yourself some merch um i've got monetary goals i don't really want to talk about money directly like i want to earn x amount because 
people always end up judging you and, and people always end up finding a negative and, and saying you've earned this much and you're not doing this or you only earn that much and you've got this many for like you know like I just don't need that noise like my family and that's it need to know about my money and, and that's pretty much it like I'm sure maybe one day I'll open up about it when I'm in a bit more of a solidified position to give potentially money advice because I could just, you know, I could, my, my business would get picked apart right now, you know, easily um, by the internet trolls and, and people on the internet. And I'd rather not put, expose myself to that right now until I've got a business plan, a business manager, you know, everything's just fully wired. Um, and then we could probably talk about a bit, a bit about money, but I don't want to talk about money, but I've got personal monetary goals um, that I want to try to get for 2020. Um, I also want a huge donation to charity. I'm not sure which charity is probably going to be, it was, I was really, really thinking about donating to an animal welfare sh shelter or uh, or anything like that. But while I absolutely am in love with animals and, and, and helping animals and whatnot, I think the world needs help. Like, I think the world and, and the environment and climate change, and I think that needs my help first. So I think I'm probably going to go towards that. Um, and then I'm probably going to volunteer um, as, an, as another goal at some point in this year, a couple of times, hopefully. I definitely want to do it around Christmas time next year at home, the shelter for, for, for people. And then I also want to do an animal shelter for, for animals, obviously, uh, for a week or so. Um, goals, goals, goals. I want to be more, I want to be less, see, I want to be more emotional with people that need me to be emotional. For example, my girlfriend, for example, my mom, like just talk about my feelings more and talk about, what goes on in my head. I'm a very, very insular person. Like I have an idea at home or whatever. I literally just act on that idea or put it to the back of my head or whatever it is. And I'll just like, before you know it, I'll come to my girlfriend and be like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. She'd be like, what? Like, when did you know about that? I'm like, oh, like a week ago and I've been working on it for a week and it's like here. You know, so I want to be more emotional in, in the way that I uh, convey what I want to talk about. Those things are in my head, you know, like like you need to give especially with business that like you need other people to hear it because if they don't hear it you just got your own self-confirmation and self-bias that backs it up uh but not only that my feelings like when i'm stressed when i'm you know when i get anxiety when i'm really really happy even you know like i don't want to just make this uh, down and jury but even when i'm really really happy i don't necessarily convey that um to people and i don't know like, you know or to the people that it matters to um, I've always struggled seeing a reason why I should do that. Um, I don't know what the benefit of someone else knowing if I'm struggling or not is, because more often than not, I know every, like, this is going to sound horrible, but I, more often than not, I know the advice that they're going to give because I'll give it myself to people. But you know, it doesn't often work like that. Anyone who's there, who's had anxiety, sure. You can reason it and you can find out where it's coming from. It doesn't mean it just stops. Like it's, it still carries on. So I sort of have that mentality with my emotions, but I, I I try to open up a lot more on it, and I do see the benefits of it. So that's something that I definitely want to be doing um, with my close ones. Uh, I definitely want to travel a little bit more. Um, I, 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 talking about carbon footprint, but actually, uh, you can plant like the the amount of trees that you need to plant to offset a uh, a flight is not too bad now. From uh, there was a a planetarium in in Iceland where we saw that if you flew from Iceland, like Reykjavik to Los Angeles, it was like 18 trees. I don't know how much a tree is to, to, to plant, but 18 trees, like, that's nothing. I mean, I'll plant 30 of those motherfuckers a day if I could. <laughs> um, like, I think those are some of my really, really big goals. Um, I think those type of things, 
will lead to more goals. Um, I've obviously got my bodybuilding goals and, and, and those type of goals, but they're just going to be there. They're like my non-negotiables. These are kind of my, okay, no, let's, let's spend a year focusing on these and making these a habit. And then, you know, like being carbon neutral will be a habit by 2021. Being, you know, volunteering or donating to charity will be a habit by 2021. And, and I won't need those to be goals. Or I can imp- imp- implement some new goals um, and just move forward accordingly like that. People are going to think those are rubbish goals. My girlfriend was talking to me about her goals yesterday and they were so long or not so long, but there was like 10 of them. And I'm like, damn, I feel like I should have some more, but that's pretty much what I'm going to finish off. So I'd love to hear your goals, guys. Throw them over to my Instagram page. Um, I, I think I generally see benefit in seeing other people's goals because you think, fuck, I didn't think about that. Like when my girlfriend is listing them off, I'm like, mm, yeah, good idea. Mm, yeah, good idea. <laughs> uh, which is funny. Um, Iran. Can hear my girlfriend going you fucking idiot my girlfriend says never talk about politics on a podcast or in in social media and i and i completely agree um i'm just going to be a little bit more ambiguous with this but like people are savage when it comes to politics you know we live in a you know in a democracy in england and then when when something gets uh tur- like goes one way or the other like a democracy does like people are upset and go fucking crazy. Uh, upset, I understand. Disappointed, sad, I understand. But like people send death. I've had death. I've had more death threats in 2019 than I've ever had in my well. Than, than I've never had any before. Uh, and that's because I mentioned politics once or twice. Um, for example, I mentioned that it was insane that Donald Trump could tweet um, about uh, we will you know, something along the lines of we will retaliate with more, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Like, I put up a tweet saying, how is a world leader allowed to say this? Now, I don't mean, how is a world leader allowed to say this? I understand that he's allowed to say this, and I understand why he's saying it. Well, we never truly understand why, but I'm talking about how is is the motherfucker allowed to tweet this shit? How is he allowed to tweet it and talk about killing thousands of people so willy-nilly? Like, he should be doing this in a press conference, the fucking congress or whatever and instead he's like this was these this thread of tweets will serve as a notification to congress i'm thinking you're the you're the most powerful man in the world like why are you telling congress to follow your twitter do you know what? like that's crazy to me i don't mean like i'm like i'm not going to go into the politics of bombing iran and iran bombing the us and a world war coming because that shit scares them that, that's stuff stuff scares me a lot and like i couldn't think of anything worse for this world right now um, then fucking bombs going off everywhere. Um, I don't know the reasons behind all of it. I'm not going to go into the reasons behind all of it. I'm more worried about the way that he can conduct himself so willy-nilly. Uh, like, that's crazy shit, man. That's crazy that we're now in the society where Twitter is where your president is announcing things to you, which is which is insane because not everyone in the US is on Twitter. So they should find a different, different medium for that. Um, that's enough about politics. Um, I got an interesting question um, from an old friend, and it was to do with this is not a very bodybuilding podcast, but it was it was to do with the issues with school not giving you enough freedom to kind of make your own choices and, and how they kind of force you into certain avenues. And, and I've had this conversation a lot over this year, to be honest. Um, and the more and more I go down my business front, the more and more I realize I got absolutely nothing from school. None of my interests, none of my my my. I'm not gonna say fountains of knowledge but the, my areas of knowledge none of them have come from school none of them have come from school 
and I'm really, really struggling where I, where my compulsory maths is coming into into play. Other than like, in fact, I'm, I was going to say addition, but I got a calculator for that. I've got people to pay for that, you know. Uh, and and basic English, I get it. Fucking literature, learning about different books and shit, like. I realize I said books and shit like it doesn't doesn't give me the best uh, <laughs> the best mask for for disregarding English literature but like I understand the benefits of reading you can widen your vocabulary you can do this you can do that but I, I it may be a little bit different than when we grew up but like now with social media now with phones like th- that's the future you know why is there no like online media course well I'm sure there is in university but you know why is there no online media in in schools why is there no tax in schools why don't they teach you how to pay tax in schools then they wouldn't have anyone evading tax and then they could get earn more because everyone's paying their tax because there's no way they catch everyone evading tax sure they might catch some people and and give them a big fine and they make money but there's no way they catch everyone uh you know teach that tax teach business structure teach you know you know, economics for me were just was just so over my head it didn't break it down into a into a, a, a layman's terms we just got pushed away from it and, and said that you know this is now a compulsory lesson this is what you've got to do and, and everyone hated economics everyone hated economics except for the quote unquote nerds do you know what I mean like unless you were directly into economics at fucking 11 12 13 14 15 and 16 years old which I don't know many people who are, and I wish I was, by the way. I wish I was into economics and I wish I was into business studies because those seem to be the only two mildly relevant things to, like, the modern-day world. But other than that, like, it's a bunch of fucking rubbish, isn't it? Jesus. I just, it's... I, I struggle to find a reason for most lessons when I think back, you know, and I think I'm very, very lucky that I was good at exams because I didn't listen in, in class because it didn't interest me talking about meanders of a river and all this kind of stuff like the moment that I start talking about that sure learn it for a semester learn it for a term and then if you're not interested change like why have I got like so much on rivers and meanders and and essays on how on how a and how a meander is formed and had to explain that and get 15 marks for it if I miss a point then I miss three marks it's like who gives a shit who's going to be marking me on that unless I'm into geology and into you know fucking forming rivers and shit I'm not. But if you are, then study it more. You know, if it piques your interest and you're really interested, then study it more. There needs to be a much more coherent, uh, what's the what's the word, syllabus, a much more coherent syllabus aligned with the student. I realize it's probably very, very hard um, to implement like something like that for everyone because I'm sure like if you've got 100 kids in a year, that's like, that's potentially 100 different like influences and and ideas that they want to do so i understand that it's hard but there's definitely some more flexibility that you can go through and i think that while i understand that the rigid rigidity of most schools needs to stay similar so like there needs to be a consensus for most schools and and there are schools that you can go to right now that you can send your children to that um i can't remember the names of them but they're like fluid lessons you know like if you like something you, you you pursue it if you don't like it you don't pursue it and you kind of meander through life meander that's funny isn't it uh through life um or through school discovering what you like each term and you do something completely different each time and i'm a big big fan of that but i understand that that's not doable for the masses but there's some serious serious life skills that we miss 
from school. We're in this just sheltered environment. We don't get taught about, like, I, I never had politics in anything until um, A-level. That was an option, you know, and I'm 17, 18 there. But, you know, like, why do you learn about politics at 17, 18 when you're influenced by politics from the moment you're born, you know? I'm not saying that you need to teach politics in kindergarten, but as soon as you're coherent enough and your your mental capability to understand, you know, world problems, or at least on a basic, basic level, just to understand, like, why there are rules, what a, what a democracy is. I didn't even know what a democracy was until I was fucking 20 or something. That might be incredibly sheltered of me, but... Like, you know, like, why why do we not know? and Why do we not understand, like, how our rules and laws are made in this country until we have to Google them ourselves or take an extracurricular subject, which is demonized? Like, tell tell 90% of kids that they've got to do a politics class. Like, they're just going to be like, nah. You know, but if you start breaking it down and making it a lot more easy to digest, then I, I think you'd have a lot more benefits come of that. Um, I just think there's so much that we're missing on a fundamental level you know, the basics of, of, of being a healthy person, you know, like that should be, that should be, a, a, that should be a class, the fundamentals of being healthy, you know, they teach you about exercise, they teach you about food, they teach you about sleep, you know, how many kids do you know that went to go to bed at three o'clock and four o'clock and wake up at midday to 2 p.m. like me that was that guy for years and years and years and I know to the shitty diet that I had drinking fizzy coke until two like that was awful for my you know I, I didn't know that that's awful for a human but I don't I didn't know that I only learned that when I started bodybuilding when I'm like 18 19 20 21 you know like those ages that's when I learned it but I spent two decades of my life eating like that you know and my parents like they didn't know any better because they didn't get taught that stuff and I think it's crazy. Um, I understand there's probably some kind of monetary involvement there, you know, like the NHS and whatnot. But I don't, you know, I don't want to go into all these conspiracy theories. I'm just very uh, passionate about school not being for everyone at all. And I would say school is not for the majority of people. That was in my experience anyway. Like the majority of my friends just didn't didn't get on with school and lessons. Sure, we were all good at it. We went to a grammar school. This just means that we were good at fucking exams. Like, half the shit was a memory test. That like, literally was, half of it was a memory test. And, you know, if you've got good memory, then you're pretty sound. Uh, I'm going to leave that question there. Like, that that question gets me heated. That question could get a lot of people heated. I'm, I'm confident that, like, the majority of people our age and our generation and, and even the generation below uh, are kind of starting to think like this now. And, and it's, it's a much more of a conversation to be had. So... Uh, I'm excited for more conversations of that in the future. Um, a little bit more down towards the fitness again, but more towards the online coaching. Um, someone asked me how to increase, increase, increase my online coaching. How to get clients. How to how to uh, uh, start your journey to being a full time online coach. Now, there's a huge amount of like online coaching mentors at the moment, and there I can see like all my wow. Some of my friends in the fitness industry, some of all, well, most online coaches, except for probably the the good ones. No offense to people that are doing it, because I'm sure you're good. You're just trying to get clients. Um, but everyone is doing the DM me coaching, DM me, DM me for co- just DM me the word coaching, and I'll get back to you of everything that we can do. And every single day on Instagram is like a business pitch throughout throughout their whole, 
you know, their whole story for the whole day, every day is a business pitch. I want to work with people like this. Uh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I am this. I am that. Which is fine. Like you need to, you need to sell your business. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, it works. It really, really does work because uh, while a portion of the audience may not like that and a portion of the audience may be deterred by someone constantly selling themselves, some people just need a slap in the face and say, come on, let's grab me. Come on, let's go. You know, and there was a period of time when um, I had a phone call with a business mentor, quote unquote, um, to try and kind of get on board with him. Uh, and he told me like, he basically sales pitched me very, very well. <coughs> Excuse me. He sales pitched me very, very well. And he told me like three or four um, type of philosophies that they'll be doing in the in the mentorship. Uh, but then it turned into very much a sales pitch and I kind of got a bit of a shady shady aura from him so I didn't I didn't go ahead with it but I used those three or four tips and I'm telling you I doubled my clientele in like two weeks um it, like obviously it's going to be somewhat proportional to your following so of course having over like 30,000 followers that's and 10,000 people who view my story like that's 10 so we can ignore the 20 the rough 10 20,000 that's like 10,000 people who are going to view me saying I'm a coach I'm a coach like do you need help and like if one percent of those people thinks, yeah, I fucking do need help. Like, that's 100 people. That's a, that's a lot. I hope I've got my math there right. Wait, 100,000? No, I don't think it is. 10% of people. No, it's not 10%. No, it's a, it's a, it's a 1% of people. 1% of people, that's 100 people. And say your, whatever, say what your prices are a thousand, like a, a, a hundred pound a week. That's, that's 100 people paying you a hundred pound uh, a month, sorry. Like, you do the math. Like, that's a lot of money. If you can manage 100 people, um, obviously, and then obviously as your prices go up, like, you know, the money's crazy that you can be getting and you can half your numbers and increase your um, your quality of service and whatnot. Um, so I would definitely recommend that, like, as much as I'm not a fan of it, because it's a bit like, look at me, sis, like, buy me, buy me, sell me. Like, I'm not a big fan of someone just putting their sales in your faces. Like, fucking Hargreaves Sports has been closing down for like 10 years. Um it, it's, it kind of takes away from the value that you can provide people. Um, and it always comes about like, I, I'll be your support network and you're kind of sending this spiel. Whereas I much prefer people, it's different, it's a different dynamic because I'm not a, I'm not solely an online coach. I'm a social media entrepreneur <laughs> uh, or an influencer or whatnot. So like people buy into my personality, people buy into my influence. Um, so I just need to mention it every now and again and people go, oh my God, he's a coach as well. They're like, cool. Whereas if you're not necessarily known, people just follow you because they, you know, they just know that you're into fitness, they like your pictures, they know you know a bit about fitness or whatever. Like you probably need to sell to them a little bit more and let them understand who you are. Um, so you've got to do that. Like it, it, it's a business, so don't feel bad talking about it. I think if you've not got clients in this game, results breed more clients. Results will breed uh, a positive business review and you're not going to get results without clients so if you've got no clients you've got to talk about it and if if you're talking about it a lot and people still don't come uh, I think you need to offer some people for free I think you need to go ahead and, and, and actually give people maybe someone that you know that's probably the best way to do it I think I remember when I started I, I coached two friends for free um, actually just two random friends who weren't really like into bodybuilding did a little bit of a transformation, took pictures, then I could start posting about my results. Then people obviously piqued a little bit of interest, had really, really low prices to start off with. People thought, 
sure, what's 50 quid a month? I might as well, 25 pound a week. And I'll talk to them every single day and I'll give them the best I could give them. Obviously, my best now is better than the best then and more efficient now. Um, and I would just, you know, I would just coach people for free. And, and like, you know what? Like, even when I got like five paying customers paying me five pound, uh, 50 pound a month, like if I still saw someone who I thought felt like I would look good, I would approach them and I'd be like, yo, do you need any help? Uh, I'm a coach. This is what I've done. These are my, this is my results. This is what I've done myself. Cause I was a little bit more impressive myself. Cause when I change in my preps, like I change a lot. So people are like, Oh my God, he can do that. I can do that. Like that's how people think. Right. So I would approach other people who would look really, really sick with a cut and I would coach them for a discounted price or cheap. You know, or if, even if they messaged me once, I'd be like, oh, have you got a coach at the moment? And, and talk about that. And you know what? Like, the better the transformation that you see, the more interest you're going to pique because people will see themselves in that. Um, the only problem with picking people who look really, really good, um, probably to start off with, like, for example, if you get someone who's got a lot of muscle mass, uh, they're 100 kilo, and they look, you know, they've still got, like, visible abs-ish, you know that when they're shredded, they're going to look insane. So, like you got to be careful that not all your clients look like that and that's that unless that's just your vibe and that's your target market because you want to you basically want you, you know what you want to do you want to try get clients who are going to remind you um, who are going to remind other people of themselves so you want people who are overweight you want people who are in nine to five jobs you want people who are pts you want people who are you know these everyday people um, who look like everyday people but then you just you know, you change them and you can uh, positively change their, their body image and someone will see themselves on the before before picture be like, oh shit, that guy's similar body fat to me. You know, he's he's got a little bit of shape like I do or he's got no shape like I do. Oh my God, look at the difference he did in... Doesn't, like, for me, the time doesn't matter because a, like a transformation is, is bigger than just a, a physical one. But say, you know, you just say, I look, I could look like the guy on the right. Oh my god! Like let's let's go. You know, so finding people um, who just fit your target market, make sure you're advertising it. Do a few people for free, um, and just tell you. Basically, you want to jab, jab, right hook, right? That's 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 what uh, Gary V said in one of his books, or what, what the most of his book was about. Jab, jab. You give information. You give information. You give people a taste of what they want twice. And to be honest. If you're not getting clients, you just keep jabbing until the hook's there. And then you write hook and you ask someone, yo, do you want, do you want to coach? Do you want to be coached? Um, or you say, or in my case, where I still jab jab is I, I give information every single day. So I'm constantly jabbing people with information, free information. I then say, I've got a drop coming. Come support my brand. That's my right hook, right? And, that, and that's where I say, yo, guys, I've given you this stuff. Do you guys want to support me? And that that's how things kind of work in, in kind of being reciprocal in that. And I think that's a really, really important question, uh, important mentality to take is that don't ever expect anything back when you give someone something. I cannot tell you the amount of DMs that I reply to a day. It must be 50 or 60 DMs a day that I reply um, to just questions. I probably get 100 DMs a day. You know, some of them are responses to uh, uh, stories. Some of them are responses to the post. Some of them are just random messages. And But most of them are a lot of questions, you know. So, like, let's say I respond to 60 people a day giving them advice. Uh, you know, I have people who, who message me regularly and send them pictures of themselves, almost like a a ghost coach, you know. And I'm just giving them very basic advice off what I do. And, and, and that's such a good way to be able to drill up a good reputation for yourself because... 
people see that you're not doing it for the money. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it because you actually care about people. And I don't think you would not care about, I don't think people don't care about people who reply to their DMs. I don't think it's possible to reply to all those DMs uh, just and think and just think for yourself, more money for me, more money for me. Like that's not possible because it's just like, like people ask you so many different questions. People ask me so many different questions a day and I take my time and answer them because the end goal has to be above what money is. And I think if you're so motivated for your end goal, the money's gonna come regardless. So jab without ever expecting anything in return, except for maybe a thank you. Some people take their liberty a little bit and they don't say thank you. They just say, what's this? I answer it and they say, okay. And you know, it's a bit like, bro, come on. Like I've spent years learning this stuff and you just got the answer in 10 seconds. A little thank you would be fine. Um, so yeah, like I hope that helps you with your, with your online coaching. But, you know, just remember those first impressions when someone comes onto your page does it look nice? Is your information concise? Are you rambling? Are you just gassing yourself? Um, are you making stuff up? Are you listening to hearsay? You know, like, keep the body guessing, bruh, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, or is it real scientific back stuff? And, and, and to a certain extent, as much as I don't like saying it, but your image plays a huge part. I'm very lucky in the fact that I'm a big fucking dude now. And I can always look pretty good. And, and I can always kind of peak interest of people going, oh, who's that? because of the size and because of my shape or whatever. Um, so people are more likely to buy into me because of that. And that's the reality of it, I think. And I think that people who are smaller, less muscle mass, less uh, aesthetic, uh, have less appeal. And I think that's also a reality. But then the caveat to that is if you look at some of the top bodybuilding coaches in the world, uh, they don't have the best physiques in the world. You know, if you look at some of the best football coaches in the world, they don't necessarily play the best football. So it's it's very, very, it's, it's kind of, yes, you want to look the part, but also don't be put off by not looking the part yet. Just make sure you, you, you convey your message very, very well um, and make sure that you're, you're confident in what you say. Like, I think confidence comes over much more than anything else. Um, I'll take you back to 2016, I just heard of a little natty bodybuilder called AJ Morris. Um, and I was that guy. I was like, well, this guy, I was like, who is this guy? Like, he talks like he fucking, he knows what he's talking about. I'm like, you know, almost in like a flippant way. Um, but, you know, the more and more I followed him, the more I went, damn, this guy knows what he's on about, you know? And, and I, I just fully fell in love with him. And I fully, he was a huge catalyst in in why I started putting out more information and why I started being more confident because this kid, he's uh, three or four years younger than me. And so, you know, take it, take it back four years, you know, so he's like 19 or something, 20 maybe. And uh, he's putting out these long, big spiels of like, you know, talking about muscle damage and talking about different aspects of hypertrophy. And I'm like, wow, this guy's talking very confidently, you know, and... And, and me and him have kind of been up and coming in this whole game together for years and years and years. And, and we've both just gone from stride to stride. And, and now I click on his follow list and the follow list is very impressive. You know, the people who follow him because he talks sense from the beginning. He used his brain. He wasn't flippant. He wasn't, he wasn't open to being wrong, which is a huge, huge aspect. Like, I'm sure I probably come over it quite a lot like I know it all, but I'm very prepared to say, like, I'm wrong. You show me the science backing. You show me where I can find the information that I'm wrong and I'm gonna say, yo, I'm wrong, my bad. Like, you're right, I've learned something new today, you know? But I say things with confidence, which is why people may think I, I kind of 
I'll probably come over like I think I know it all. I definitely don't. I don't want to know it all, you know. I just want to keep trying and trying and trying and learning and learning. And it doesn't come without people calling calling you out. And unfortunately, we live in this day and age where people kind of say that stuff behind your back, but they won't say it to your face. Um, and it's, it's a bit unfortunate because I know that, you know, some of the things that I put out, I've kind of gone back over and thought, oh, that wasn't right. And I know that these six people who have seen it also know that it's wrong, but they've not said anything. And I think we should just much be in a in an environment where people just say, no, nah, that's not right, dude, do this. Or, or, or it's right because of this, or it's wrong because of this. You know, like, sweet. Thank you, man. I <laughs> uh, hope that makes sense. Um, that is, there's, there's kind of like three or four topics just touched on right there. I think we'll fire through a little bit of a questionnaire questionnaire q a and then, and then we'll go from there okay so the first question should there be a difference in training volume and intensity when on anabolics or not so uh we'll do a reverse order intensity no i feel like intensity is a is a minimum that we can put on things let's say a seven out of ten and ten is failure i'm talking true failure i'm talking screaming nutsack failure i'm not talking like yeah, I can't do any more. I'm talking fucking yes, this is failure. If you count three back from that, I think that should be the minimum. The minimum. Um, I think that most people should be training towards failure anyway, except for potentially uh, when you're a little bit of a newbie and kind of in your first years of, of, of training, then potentially um, potentially you can stay away from failure just for safety until you've learned the skill. Uh, in terms of training volume, you could probably definitely handle more volume while on use it while using um, anabolics, but it's not going to be like significantly more. Like the goal for anyone should be do as much as you physically can while being able to recover as best as you physically can to be able to complete that same workout over multiple times over the week as much as you can. <laughs> that makes sense. So that's not going to be like a hundred million sets for a hundred because you're not going to recover in time. So there's going to be a figure that you can't recover from and you just go below that. Everyone's going to be different. In fact, you're even going to be different from body part to body part. So for me, my chest is my, my chest really like recovers well, um, but my legs just don't, you know, like I did legs yesterday. I did uh, adductors, they don't count. So leg extensions, two sets, pendulum squat, two sets, one set of leg, of leg press. Uh, so that's five sets and my legs are in agony today. You know, only after only five sets, but in 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 chest, like I'll just keep going and and you know, it'll recover just as well. So you've got to understand your own unique physiology and recovery, but then also you could probably try push it a little bit more um, on anabolics. But also you've got to understand that there will be a point where you can't return, and and actually your return on anabolics might be smaller than someone's recovery on being natural. For example, AJ Morris buries me. AJ Morris fucking buries me he can handle so much more volume than i can um we've pretty much on everything except for, except for chest literally legs and back he buries me um so it's, it's kind of each to their own dude so um yeah tips on how to in, in, improve sleep so i've actually got a full podcast on this um i've also got multiple videos on this you can literally type in josh bridgman sleep on youtube and even josh bridgman sleep on the podcast app um but some really really quick ones for you um, stay away from blue light in the evening. Anything emitting blue light, like a TV, um, your phone. You can you can put apps in your phones and laptops that will take out the blue light. So I recommend doing that. Grounding in the morning. So being barefoot on some ground, some some earth, um, such as grass. Barefooted, no electrons on you, um, and you just exchange electrons with the earth. 
which can massively help reduce inflammation and improve circadian rhythm. Get some sunlight because sunlight will massively boost your uh, your endogenous melatonin cycle, uh, which will help release before you go to bed um, and help uh, stop when you're kind of waking up. We have photon receptors, which are essentially light receptors all over our body. Even when our eyes are closed and the back of our eyelids, we have them. So when the sun comes up and we get light on us, that actually kind of inhibits our melatonin release and will then um, start to wake up. So just being in sun just really helps to regulate that. Um, training hard so you can sleep better. Um, sleeping in a cool room, having a hot shower before bed, body temperature needs to drop when you drop into a deep sleep. So it's a good idea to have that kind of stuff available to you. Uh, white noise if you need it. If you can't help, if you've got racing thoughts at night, put white noise on. Um, it will literally, you'll just focus on that noise and you'll just be out like a light. Um, and you kind of just stop hearing it after a while. Like if you wake up in the night, you don't hear it. You'll go to the toilet, you'll come back and then you'll hear it again and you'll be like, oh, that's weird. Um, those things are really, really good natural ways to kind of improve your sleep. Um, you can also increase your, your magnesium. You can put some glycine, glycine before bed, uh, potentially some taurine before bed. They all have kind of calming effects on you and can help fall, fall asleep. 5-HTP can help with that serotonin release overnight, which will help you stay asleep. Um, and there's a few other supplements that you can go through CBD and stuff like that, but I would recommend uh, trying the natural ones first before you kind of implement any any supplements or what not. Um, training fasted versus fueled, uh, it's not really a question, but you can you can do either. It kind of depends on your personal preference. I personally would just it would just depend on what the time is so if it's like 7 a.m i probably wouldn't eat if it's 10 a.m i probably would muscle balances and how to rectify them so this is a difficult one i just think that people are going to have imbalances whether you like it or not they're just going to have them um, i have a huge one in my right side and i've tried everything to stop i try unilateral movements i never take well my yawning mid podcast that's awful i'm apologizing um you can, my yawn has just completely offset me. What are we talking about? Imbalances, right? So, um, I also don't like, I would do, if I'm doing bicep curls, like I would do my right arm first, which is my weak one. And then when that fails, say it fails at 10, I would just stop at 10 on my on my strong arm, even though it could do a couple more. So, so it kind of evens out a little bit more. But I've still got that, like whether it's an impingement or not, or whatnot, like it's still there. So, uh, for you guys, I recommend unilateral work, doing single arm work, potentially doing slightly more on the weaker side. Um, if it's not an impingement, if it's an impingement, then you need to go see a, like an osteopath or something to kind of get it sorted. But yeah, fixing them, like it's really fucking hard, but you can just, you just got to kind of keep on going as you can. Um, over, this is going to be the last question, guys. Overall opinion on bodybuilding as a sport from the public view versus the view from someone involved? Um that's a hard question. I just don't think that the public even even consider it a sport or even think about it. Most people like have heard about it and have seen like pictures of dudes in pants and tanned up, and that's just what they know, rather than like anything else. Um, so whenever I talk to anyone about it, they're just like, "Are you still? Uh, you, are you eating at the moment?" That's that's the one they say. Are you eating at the moment or are you starving yourself? And I'm just like, "Motherfucker, I'm." When, even when I'm starving myself, I'm eating more than you are. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I honestly just don't talk about it. I'm like public view is just completely irrelevant um, to someone in it, and I think someone in it should should not even try and explain it to people unless they're genuinely interested, and they're not just asking you arbitrary questions. 
Uh, but that's a hard question, dude. But yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Thought I'd come back with a little bit longer one, 45 minutes or so. Um, peace and love, everybody. We'll speak to you very, very soon. Weekly podcasts are here. Let's get it. TM Cycle's coming soon. You're a real OG if you stayed this long. <laughs>